athletic competition. It can easily be broken down into two parts. The minutes or hours it takes to complete the event. Then weeks, months, and years of joy or heartbreak. Finally, the decades to analyze and debate it. From the press box to press row, Donald Ware will break it all down for you with an in-depth look at historically black college athletics, as well as the biggest news stories and newsmakers of the day. It's time to talk the talk with those who walk the walk. From the press box to press row, here's your host, Donald Ware. You're locked in to the dopest show on radio. This is Box to Row. I am your host, Donald Ware. We got a whole lot to get to on today's program. I want to welcome some of our new listeners. Know we're going to have quite a few listeners, new listeners to the program each week. If this is the first time that you're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row, we've been on the air for almost 16 years now on radio stations across the country. For instance, we're on in places like Jacksonville, Florida, Tampa, Florida. We're on uh, in right here. We're located in Raleigh, uh, North Carolina. So we're on here in the Triangle, Portland, Oregon. We're on in places like Kansas City, Pittsburgh. Uh, We're on all over the country, places like Savannah, Georgia, Richmond, Virginia, which we added Recently, And of course, maybe you're listening to us on Sirius XM channels 141, 142 or 84. You know what we do here on Box to Row is why we call it the dopest show on radio, because it's not just sports. Uh, it is a plethora of things. It's sports. And with respect to sports, it's HBCU sports. We talk a lot of HBCU sports on the program. Been doing it for, like I said, close to 16 years we'll talk some nba as a matter of fact we're going to talk some nba today uh with the trade deadline a little bit on uh later on in the program as well we have celebrity interviews interviews with some of the biggest sports stars and celebrities as well so it's a little bit of something we believe for everyone so appreciative of all of our affiliates that carry box to row we'll shot some of them out a little bit later on one of the things i want to get to Today, and especially those that live in the Washington area, our DMV, uh, as it's called now. Young man by the name of Dorian Hurd was a student at UDC, was a college scholarship athlete, a phenomenal young man, was shot and killed outside of a tattoo parlor. Somewhere, somewhere, you know, Oxen Hill, Temple Hills, somewhere in that area by an assailant for absolutely and apparently for no reason at all. And this one really hits home for me from a number of different perspectives. Know this young man's mother very well. We go all the way back to high school. And I had a chance to talk with her on Saturday. This happened Uh, from my understanding, may have been Thursday evening uh, or sometime on Thursday. And, I mean, you talk about a tough, 
conversation, okay? And it's something that I promised her that I was going to do on today's show, and I'm going to do it a little bit later on in the program. But right now we are just praying for, I'm praying for, you know, my friend, uh, his mother, uh, very much right now, uh, his father, his siblings. He has a twin sibling also. Um, very much been praying for them every single day since I found out about it. And I'm going to talk a little bit more uh, about it a little bit later on in the program. So got a lot to get to on today's program. Listen, wow. Once again, we have a scenario. Howard University is now suspended football indefinitely because of COVID-19 protocols. And scheduled to play Delaware State this weekend. And I know, I mean, obviously I know Howard is disappointed. It's got to be super disappointing. This has happened a couple of times with Howard. It wasn't because uh, that they had a, uh, well, the the time it happened when Howard was supposed to have played South Carolina State going back a couple of weeks ago. It wasn't because of any uh, COVID-19 related issues within the program. It was because of something with maybe the district of Columbia, where certain uh, teams from certain States couldn't come into DC and then Howard couldn't go to certain places. I, I, I still wasn't clear and I apologize. I haven't really looked into that further. Uh, and now we have this situation where the game is, uh, well, where Howard now is suspending its, uh, well, it, it, well, no, uh, let me take that back. They're not suspending their season. Um, it's just that this game has been postponed. What a disappointment to Delaware State. Now, speaking of a program that has suspended its season for right now, Grambling has suspended its program uh, for right now. And wow, that's, you know, that's a that's a big hit um, as well for the Grambling Tigers. They've gotten off to the 0-3 start, definitely. The Tigers were struggling, but I, I mean, I could, you know, knowing Broderick Fobbs a little bit, I mean, I know he wanted to, uh, wants to right the ship, but man, what a blow to Alabama A&M. Seems like every time Alabama A&M is about to play, get ready to play, they ha- their, the, the opposing team has a COVID issue. Uh, look at, uh, go back to the what should have been the opening game of the season and perhaps would have been the best game in all of black college football to start the season against Alcorn State, Alcorn State decided to opt out of the spring. Alabama A&M fortunately was able to pick up a game against South Carolina State. Um, this game now against Grambling. Uh, there was another game that was postponed for Alabama A&M as well. So, I mean, the, <laughs> I tell you, the Bulldogs just have not had any luck, any success in terms of being able to play, but... Right now, the number one team in all of HBCU football, as the HBCU football polls, the media and the coaches polls were released on Monday. Alabama A&M sits atop both of those polls. And remember, last week, Alabama A&M was number one with the coaches, number two with the me- with the media, because Jackson State was number two with the coaches and number one with the media. Of course, Jackson State fell to Alabama State. Good football game last Saturday in Montgomery, 35-28 in that football game. I, I, you know, I, 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 we talked about it last week when I previewed the game. I just felt like it was a game that Alabama State could win. 
Donald Hill Ely and his staff had, you know, a couple of weeks to prepare Jackson State back-to-back games coming up against a team that's really, really good. I mean, there's no disrespect to Mississippi Valley State, but, you know, they're not on the same level as a the Delta Devils as Alabama State uh, on paper. And, and it was shown in, in last week's uh, football game. So, uh, but Alabama State's got a tough one this week. And as a matter of fact, our Box to Row National Game of the Week, which I'm going to preview a little bit later on in the show, Alabama State goes on the road to take on Arkansas Pine Bluff, who is red hot right now. Arkansas Pine Bluff blew Grambling out of the water last week, 48-21. to 21. So that's our Botch to Row National Game of the Week. Going to preview it uh, a little bit later on in the program. Listen, joining us today here on Botch to Row, we're going to be joined by Alabama State head football coach Donald Hill Ely on the program. It's been an interesting week for Donald Hill Ely, and, and we'll talk more about why it's been an interesting week and ask him about his interesting week. That's a little bit later on in the program. John Teasley is the head men's basketball coach at Stillman. He's also going to join us today here on Box to Row. Stillman, the Tigers finished in the Sweet 16 of the NAIA tournament, losing to St. Francis last Thursday, 69-67 in a really uh, what amounted to look like a good game came down to the end. We'll ask John Teasley exactly what happened because it I felt like, it looked like when I was watching the play-by-play live that Stillman had an opportunity to win that game, even off some free throws that St. Francis was taken. Maybe they missed them and St. Stillman had some opportunities. It just did not go Stillman's way. In any event, John Teasley in his fourth season as the head men's basketball coach at Stillman, Tuscaloosa, Alabama, going to join us on the program. I'm going to take a look at my sheet. We'll talk some NCAA uh, tournament, right? As I mentioned last Thursday, a great day. Even though Stillman didn't win, Norfolk State won. Uh, as did uh, Texas Southern. Both won first-round tournament games. Both got bounced in respective games last Saturday. Uh, Both had really, really good seasons. Speaking of basketball, Box to Row released its All-America teams and the Players of the Year, Anthony Tark from Coppin State, one of the Players of the Year, uh, Davion Warren of Hampton, the other player of the year. Then also coaches of the year, Prairie View A&M's Byron Smith, who wins it for his second time. And then also the other coach of the year, Kevin Broadus, the head men's basketball coach at Morgan State. So congratulations to all that made the respective teams and to our players and coaches of the year for that to read and to look at all that made the All-America teams, you can log on to our website at BoxToRow.com. So that's what we've got going on today here on the program. Your participation on From the Press Box to Press Row, always warranted. Hit me up via Twitter at BoxToRow, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W, or on Facebook, B-O-X, the number two, R-O-W. Follow us while you're on both of those pages or on my personal Twitter account, 
at where Donald. Thank you to all of the wonderful affiliates around the country that carry from the press box to press row. We named some of them. How about WXVI in Montgomery, Alabama, that carries the program? How about KUAP in Pine Bluff, Arkansas, also covering Little Rock, Arkansas, that carries the program? Those that listen to us on Sirius XM, channels 142 and 84, and those that listen to us around the world at BoxToRow.com. I'm almost up against a break, so we're going to step aside. And as a matter of fact, we're going to take that break, come back, going to be joined by Stillman, head men's basketball coach, John Teasley. You've got us right here on Box to Row Radio and on Sirius XM Channels 142. Missed any of our shows? How about our conversations with some of the biggest names in sports and entertainment? Check out Box to Row Podcast at BoxToRow.com or on Apple Podcasts. The old renaissance is the new renaissance. Standing on tradition while embracing the spirit of distinction. This is the Harlem Brewing Company. Uniquely crafted beer brewed to deliver a taste, a sound, and a feeling that can only be described in one way. Harlem style. So come and take a trip on the A-Train with our Harlem Sugar Hill Golden Ale and our Harlem Renaissance Whitbeer, the neighborhood original. Sponsored by Harlem Beer Distributing North Carolina. Served in total wine all over North Carolina. Fresh Market in North Carolina and Virginia. Weaver Street Market in Raleigh, Durham, Carborough, and Hillsboro. You can also purchase in Durham at Zwelly's, Salt Box, Sam's Bottle Shop, and Bull McCabe's. And in Greensboro at Elm Street Lounge and Cooper's Ale House. You're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. From the Press Box to Press Row. Box to Row. Box to Row. Box to Row. Box to Row. Scheduled to join us in about 15 to 20 minutes here on From the Press Box to Press Row, Alabama State head football coach Donald Hill Ely. Also going to preview the Box to Row National Game of the Week between Arkansas, Pine Bluff, and Alabama State. John Teasley is in his fourth season, or has just completed his fourth season as the head men's basketball coach at Stillman. The Tigers went 17-4, and four, finished in the Sweet 16 of the NAIA tournament. Tough loss last week to St. Francis, 69-67, to 67, and we're fortunate to have Coach Teasley right now here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Coach Teasley, welcome to the program. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's great to have you. What a season. I mean, even, you know, we talked about last Thursday, and, and, and it was a good day uh, for HBCUs. And I know you, your team didn't win last Thursday, but you finished in the Sweet 16 of the NAIA tournament, which is something to be said about that. As a matter of fact, this was your fourth straight appearance in the NAIA tournament. Um, let, just kind of want to get your thoughts on the season as the Tigers finish seventeen and four. Yeah, no, it's, this is one of those crazy seasons, you know, with the with the pandemic and all the stuff taking place, and you know, 
these guys that, that we had this year were very special to me because they had to go through so much so early and and uh, we were just fortunate to be able to have a season and for these guys to be successful doing that, it, it, you know, it, it just shows you how special they really are and 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 uh, how special Stillman was in, in handling that. Yeah, I, I didn't have a chance to watch the game, but I was looking sort of at the play-by-play and it seemed like, you know, St. Francis had made up. It was 69 and 67. Take us sort of through that last sequence. It seems like you all had maybe an opportunity to tie the game. Yeah, we had a couple. Yeah, we had an opportunity. We we missed two free throws at the line and and that could have tied it. And and they went down the floor and, and, and we fouled and put them on the line and, and, and they missed the one-on-one. And we were able to push it up the floor and have a have a last second look at the bucket, and uh, it just didn't fall. It went in and out. It was so close, but but you know that's a good St. Francis team, and and uh, just to be in the game with a team like that was just it was just fun. Speak to building this program again. Four years for you, uh, four NAIA appearances. This is a Stillman team that was actually pretty good. Uh, in Division Two, uh, had made some noise in years uh, in the uh, Division Two uh, tournament. Uh, take us through the first year you got there and how you were able to kind of keep this program relevant and in national championship contention. Yeah, well, fortunately, I was a I, I was a an assistant coach there, and I kind of knew my way around Stillman, and that helped out a whole lot. Uh, we only brought in three guys that that were returning from the from that from that D two national tournament team, and and so we had to do a lot of recruiting, and and we were able to bring in the pieces we needed, and and just being there, I think, really helped me, uh, you know, being there already, understanding how Stillman works and the things that need to be done, you know, to get kids in school, and and, and you know that helped me out tremendously, but but everything that that, that I've always been taught was that you know you build you want to build things off hard work and and loyalty and integrity and and that's that's what we build our program on and we got guys in there that 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 understood what we were looking for and you know it made the basketball part easy john teasley just completed his fourth season as the head men's basketball coach at stillman he joins us here on from the press box to press row what are some of the differences coach teasley between ncaa Division two and then NAIA, and but really, you guys were in. I guess started out what in NAIA Division two, then moved up to NAIA Division one. But what are some of the differences between NCAA and then NAIA? Well, to me, some of the differences are you know it's really not many differences, but some of them, you know you, there's a lot more bigger schools you know that you play. But when it comes to like competition and talent wise and arena size and things like that, I mean it's really. It's really not that much different, you know. You, you know, but you know, you, ha- you do have some bigger schools in D two, and 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 that that'll play a factor. But but really, it's just you know, to me, it's it's uh, the recruiting part. It might be a little tougher because you got kids that want to play in the NCAA rather than NAIA, and and you just have to you know convince those guys that NAIA the, the same style of basketball is being played and at the same level of competition and. And and I think to me that's the differences that I see. Yeah, I mean, is it what what is that like having to convince you know kids to come play recruiting wise? Like how you know ha- has it been a little bit more difficult recruiting guys to play at Stillman now that uh, the Tigers are in NAIA? 
No, for me, it hasn't been it hasn't been difficult because you know Stillman's such a great place, and the city of Tuscaloosa is so easy to recruit, and and you know it's a good place for it's a good college town. Kids like it there, but you know I, I I'm pretty sure other schools may struggle with that. But but for for me, I haven't had to face anything like that just because of where we are and and who we are. John Teasley just completed his fourth season as the head men's basketball coach at Stillman. Joins us here on the program. The Tigers finished in the NAIA Sweet 16, finished the season 17-4. and four. What were some – seemed like once you guys got rolling, I don't know if you had any stoppage uh, in terms of with respect to COVID. You, you didn't really start till first of the year you played 21 games, I and mean, that's pretty good. You know, what were some of the, the challenges um, – presented obviously COVID presents a challenge but within now that we're in this COVID environment what did you have a lot of stoppages and play a lot of games postponed uh canceled etc well what we 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 decided not to play our administration decided for us not to play the first semester and all activities were shut down the, and and our guys didn't really get to practice until December 27th and you know that kind of was an obstacle for us to you know and get those guys ready to play on January the 5th. You only got nine days to get ready to play a college basketball team, so that's that's tough. And um, But those guys did do well, and uh, they they got a lot in in a short period of time, and and they just embraced it instead of, you know, they, they, knew, they knew where they were and the circumstances they were in, and, and they just embraced it, which helped us. But once the season got rolling, we you know, we our guys did a good job. Uh, we didn't get COVID or – have to stop play or, or, or anything through that through the whole time. And I think us not participating the first semester really helped us for the second semester get prepared for what we needed to do to keep these uh, athletes safe and, and, you know, because you're never ready for something like this. So you got to make sure you do the best you can. And, and I think all our coaches and administration and all our school officials did a good job of helping with that. And, but once the season got started, our guys understood that, it would just probably take one or two cases, and it would shut it down. And and they really wanted to play, and so so they they stayed disciplined. And you know we we never had any issues. Stillman, of course, is in the Southern States Athletic Conference. Uh, Trey Petty uh, was the co-player of the year. Your guard uh, averaged uh, eighteen points per game, six most uh, six most sixth most points among NAIA final site players uh talk about him and his play and how steady he was for the tigers this year yeah trey petty's a special guy he's one of those he's a true leader uh, he leads his own and off the floor he, he he he's so fun to watch play he plays so hard he does everything so hard and he plays with all his heart and and just to have a guy like that it just it just helps all around because i mean it it leaps over to the next guy and to the next guy and it just makes everybody just work a little harder because he's not going to let them slack off and and but but just the way he plays is, is is one of the reasons he's so successful he plays so hard on both sides of the ball and and uh yeah just to be the co-player of the year he he had a great season you know he scored he scored a lot of points for us and and but but he done all the little things really that that's what really made him shine this year and uh yeah yeah very good player to to be able to be able to coach him. The last thought, and we appreciate the time. So it looks, you know, five of your top players, if you will, are all seniors and 
the NAIA is offering that, in essence, the all the players from this year get another year of eligibility. Do you feel like those players and some of maybe your other seniors, if you have some, uh, are going to come back and you guys can you know, try to make a deeper run next year? Yeah, I think, I think a lot of our guys are wanting to return. We're going to sit down this week and, and talk to them about that and just make sure where they are and, and make sure we do the right thing for them. And, and, but, but most of yeah, they were, they were ready to get back after it. As soon as the bus pulled up from Kansas City, they had to make them go home and rest. So, yeah, so we'll see, we'll see where they are. But, but I hopefully, you know, they all decide to come back. And, and I, I'm glad the NAI did that because these seniors this year really went through something. Uh, all over the country, and 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 that, that just shows how the NAI will, will look after them, and you know we're glad that they get this opportunity. But hopefully they all come back, and I think we'll have a good shot at making another run. John Teasley again just completed his fourth season as the head men's basketball coach at Stillman. The Tigers again finished in the Sweet 16 of the NAIA tournament a 17 and 14 record as coach teasley joins us here on from the press box to press row coach teasley appreciate the time great uh talking about your program uh continued success to you and the tigers man thanks for having us and we appreciate it and uh we love your station too thank you coach teasley appreciate that john teasley the head men's basketball coach at stillman joining us here on the program and stillman made a nice run as a matter of fact in the national playoffs all four years with him at the helm of the Stillman program. Prior to that, he was an assistant coach when Stillman was in the NCAA. And Stillman, I mean, listen, you know, Stillman, you you think about Coach Jackson, who's the coach, uh, Dante Jackson's the coach uh, at Grambling now, had that Stillman program, had a lot of success. We had him on the program quite a few times and, of course, has gone on to Grambling and is doing pretty well at Grambling, uh, but uh, Stillman, and, and just think, if all of those players come back, I mean, they've got like five or six seniors that are key players, and so you take that team, you recruit some guys, uh, right, maybe get a couple of transfers. It doesn't work out for certain guys at certain schools. They come into your program. You get acclimated. We hopefully are in a better situation from a COVID-19 perspective going in to the 21-22 season. Uh, you never know. Stillman has an opportunity to really get some things done, making it, again, all the way to the Sweet 16 within three points. They lost by two of moving on to the Elite Eight. And again, even though Stillman didn't win, last Thursday was a good day for HBCUs in basketball. Your thoughts on anything that John Teasley had to say? Hit me up via Twitter at BoxToRow, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W, or on Facebook, B-O-X, the number two, R-O-W, still on the way. I'm going to give you my thoughts on the BoxToRow National Game of the Week, Alabama State and Arkansas Pine Bluff. But up next, talking with Alabama State head football coach, Donald Hill Ely. This is your weekly edition of the BoxToRow Blitz. I'm Donald Ware. First, I'm going to take you to Montgomery, Alabama, for an outstanding matchup between Jackson State and host Alabama State with the Hornets down three to nothing about midway 
through the second quarter and having possession of the football. Nettles back in the shotgun, takes a snap, has time, fires downfield, the catch is made, Hickson makes it at the 10, and he dives in for the touchdown. The extra point was true, and Alabama State led 7-3. Jackson State would get another field goal with about 437 remaining in the half to pull to within 7-6. But Alabama State would extend its lead late in the first half. From the JSU 8, Nettles again in the shotgun. Gets the snap, has time, throws a man wide open in the end zone. That's Jahad Booker. Hornets extend the lead on the eight-yard touchdown pass. ASU went into halftime with the 14-6 lead. In the third quarter, Jackson State would get on the board in an unconventional manner. Nettles in the shotgun. Two men in motion from right to left. The give is to Gray. He's in big trouble. Gray slips out of one tackle, but he can't slip out of all of them. Justin Reagan is there. Here comes Aubrey Miller. Gray loses the ball out of the end zone, and the officials rule a safety and it closes the gap to 14-8 Alabama State. But the Tigers weren't done. Tigers at the Hornet 17-yard line. Jalen Jones in the shotgun. Alexander standing at his right shoulder. Jones gets the snap, fakes the handoff, rolls to his right, looking for Reed, who makes the catch and walks into the end zone. Touchdown, Jackson State. First lead of the ball game for the Tigers, 15-14. But the Tigers weren't done because 44 seconds later. Jackson State now second and goal from the Bama State four-yard line. Jones from the shotgun takes a snap, fakes it to Tyson, and Jones powers his way in for the touchdown. 21-14. to 14. We now move to early in the fourth quarter, but the Hornets weren't out of it. This drive that started back at the Hornets' own five-yard line. The give is to Gray, and he made it look easy, taking it in for the touchdown. From four yards, and ASU tied the game at 21 apiece, and less than four minutes later, Gray was at it again. Second and 11 for Alabama State from just at midfield. Hickson in motion from left to right. The handoff is to Gray. He finds a hole up the middle and he goes 49 yards untouched for the touchdown. Alabama State goes back in front 27-21 pending the outcome of the point out. 28-21. The nip and tuck affair continued as with 142 remaining. Jalen Jones in the shotgun. Claps his hands. Takes a snap and Jones takes it in for the touchdown. But no, he flips the ball over the crossbar and they throw the flag on Jackson State. The score was tied at 28, but that 15-yard penalty hurt Jackson State as a run back on the kickoff by Gray got the ball to midfield and with 129 remaining in the fourth quarter. Nettles in the shotgun. He gives it to Gray. Gray makes a move to his left. Gray at the 30, 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown Alabama State. That's my man Rob J on the Tigers Sports Radio Network. 50-yard run by Ezra Gray sealed the deal as Alabama State defeated Jackson State 35-28. Ezra Gray named the Box to Row National Player of the Week. 199 total yards and three touchdowns. And at Grambling. Here, going quick, deep ball. Forsyth's a man wide open. Josh Wilkes, 10 Five touchdown UAPB and the Golden Lions extend to a 20 to 7 lead. And the route was on as UAPB rolled Grambling 48 
to 21. That audio courtesy of the UAPB Sports Network. Dwayne Lewis on the call. Speaking of Arkansas, Pine Bluff going to be hosting the aforementioned Alabama State this Saturday. That's going to be a big-time football game. And Donald Hill Ely, the head football coach at Alabama State, going to join us this weekend on From the Press Box to Press Row. From the Press Box to Press Row, the radio show airs weekly on radio stations across the country, including Fridays, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific Time, on ESPNU Radio, on Sirius XM, Channel 84. To listen to the show or for more information, log on to BoxToRow.com. Let's keep things going here on From the Press Box to Press Row. We're joined by a gentleman who is in his fourth season as the head football coach at Alabama State. The Hornets with a big-time win, 35-28, to in a phenomenal football game last Saturday in Montgomery over Jackson State. Donald Hill Ely, again, the head football coach of the Hornets, joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Coach Hill Ely, what's going on, man? Oh, man, just trying to look at a little film, get ready for the next one. Yeah, I'm telling you, a big, <laughs> big win. You, you guys have... You know, you, you, you enjoy it for, for a little while, and then you got to kind of move on, and we'll talk uh, about that. But but talk about the win. This was a good football game, back and forth. Uh, Ezra Gray, who's the Boxer National Player of the Week, was absolutely phenomenal for you in a number of different aspects in this football game. But your thoughts on the 35-28 to victory over Jackson State? Well, you know, it was, a, a as you say, a back-and-forth game, man. Um you know, Jackson State played um, played hard and much improved, and you know, and our guys, uh, you know, stepped up and, and made a couple more plays than they made. Uh, uh, and towards the end, as a great had a strong game for us uh, with uh, a combined 305 yards of uh, um, all-purpose yards, and uh, offensively, Ryan Nettles did well, and defense stepped up and, and was able to contain them and slow those guys down. Yeah, no question about it, to come away with the victory. Take us th- through the end because, I mean, you, you, we're talking about Ezra Green. We're talking about all the yards he had. Uh, big kickoff return. Uh, we talk about the 50-yard touchdown run. Obviously, Jackson State gets that penalty, moves them back 15 yards, so they're kicking off from their 20. But he returns the kickoff 29 yards to put the ball at midfield to set up his game-winning touchdown run. Well, you know, a, a lot of the Sunday morning quarterbacks, you know, uh, had made the suggestion that I should have went back to mo- up on the field goal. And, and, you know, you could see why uh, Jackson had been missing field goals coming into that game. But, you know, based on our game, they made two field goals from pretty good yards in the first quarter. So uh, whatever that the young man needed to fix, it was already fixed. So I opted to take the penalty on the on the kickoff, knowing that now uh, the ball had already been coming down uh, right around the 15-yard line, that that would give us a chance to uh, cut the field in half just off the kick, which it did. And uh, Ezra was able to tap on another 20-plus yards to that, which put us at the 50, which now put us in a position of turning the chains twice to get a score. Uh, But, you know, he saw differently and was able to get out uh, and under a, a, a tackler and, and carry the ball to the house and, and seal the deal for us. It's a big-time football game for your quarterback. 
Ryan Nettles. Yeah, he, he may have thrown a couple of interceptions, but he had two touchdowns. And he's played well, you know, in the two games that you've played. I mean, this is a young man that didn't see any time in 2019. He was a young man that probably wasn't going to see any time this football season season when you got a kid like a Davis uh, who ultimately of course didn't come back for you but is one of the preeminent players uh, in the SWAC assess his play so far Ryan Nettles his play so far this season you know what he um, he did a great job for us moving the ball when we needed the ball up the field Uh, you know one of the interceptions hit the running back's hands and uh, you know just needed a little touch on the ball and not throw it as hard the other interception was, you know, um, you know, somewhat the receiver's fault. The receiver didn't run the correct route. So, but, you know, the, nobody, you know, charts those, all the interceptions go to the quarterback. But with all those things going on and being as young, you know, as he is, he never, never wavered. He constantly kept fighting, constantly kept putting his team in a, in a good position. And uh, as I, you know, constantly, you know, tell every, all, everyone, his best football is ahead of him. You know, this Jackson State offensive line has been pretty solid. I mean, you you know, Jalen Jones hasn't had any pressure. I mean, he got a little bit of pressure from Mississippi Valley State, but ultimately he was able to overcome that. But you sacked him five times in the game, pressured him uh, a lot more. Can you speak to that in terms of the philosophy of coming in and making a Jalen Jones, the hottest quarterback in the SWAC, uncomfortable? Well, you know, again, a, a much improved Jalen Jones, uh, who, who now manages the pocket. <clears throat> uh, we just felt, you know, from watching all the film that really no one went at him until they got down. And when they uh, went at him, uh, once they was down, they 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 kind of stopped him. They slowed him down. So we wanted to start it off as soon as they got off the bus. We wanted to start blitzing them and making them uncomfortable. And we was able to do that to. Uh, really put pressure on him and really, you know, get him, uh, get him a little uh, rocky back there where he, you know, start making bad decisions and, uh, you know, and and doing some different things. We didn't want him just set and just pick us apart. Donald Hill Ely in his fourth season as the head football coach at Alabama State joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. The Hornets are going to be in action on Saturday on the road in Pine Bluff, taking on Arkansas. Pine Bluff. Lots been made. I'm not, you know, lots been made this week. A lot of back and forth between Alabama State, Jackson State. Coach Sanders has said some things. You've said some things. Are, are you a little bit perturbed in terms of how everything has played out from the Jackson State side of things in terms of maybe lack of tickets or scoreboard uh, uh, material, which I know you don't control, and all of those things? Is that bothered? Have you been perturbed by that? Well, I guess with with me, it's not so much of the back and forth with Coach Sanders. Uh, he and I talked, and we, you know, had a you know man to man conversation. That you know, nothing that he said has uh, it was to deal with me, and nothing I said it was to deal with him. I I just was uh, a little, you know, I mean, uh, perturbed by the point that he comes to Black College, which we we need a shot now. We needed his, you know him to come and open some of these doors that we couldn't open when it comes to television and some of the venues. But uh, when, when you start getting fans to act like we hadn't done anything in HBCUs from the Jake Gaither, the Eddie Robinsons, the WC Gordons, you know, guys who have produced hall of fame guys, you know, if the coaching was good enough for us, then it's gotta be good enough for us now. 
I just think, you know, that he, you know, he came in and, and because of some of the things he uh, has been allowed to do, our fans forget from whence they've come. And they just start talking trash to those that have been holding uh, the, the conference and everything together over all these years. And I, I just didn't think it was fair with some of the stuff, you know, that was going back and forth and the criticisms of, of what we do here and what we've done here. And I think, you know, even as you look at it, uh, you know, none of uh, even from Doug Williams being a part of our conference uh, and went on a Super Bowl, he was able to add some uh, some more light onto HBCU from his position in the pros and from taking over Grambling coaching. But you know, Dion, who has always been a household name, coming, yes, we 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 welcome all the attention that we we have, but let's not attack the ones that have already been in, in it trying to keep things together while we have that. Let's, let, let's, you know, let's definitely acknowledge and, and, and celebrate what he's able to bring, but let's not throw out what we've been able to build over all these hundreds of years and, and all these great men that have walked and gone on our sidelines and really uh, building men and sending guys to the NFL. We've done that before he got here. So not, let's not act like Sunday hadn't always been available and, uh, and, and had been able to do it without the TV, without the big promos, without all this other stuff that comes uh, come with it. And, and, and I think it kind of uh, not so much of me, but those men, your, your Houston Markham, Eddie Robinson, and W.C. Gordon, the, uh, Godfather, all those guys that have labored on our sideline, it kind of, you know, to me – it, it kind of smacked them in the face for what they've been able to do. So that's what kind of got me a little peed off, and and it, and I wanted to win for them so that they could, uh, so folks could be like, okay, this is just little Don Hill Ealer. This this ain't me versus Dion. This is for the tradition of HBCU versus all the foolishness that was going on. Is that something I, I don't? It, it, a lot of it was in the aftermath of the game, but I mean, it, it's a lot of buildup. I'm sure to that. As well, is that something that was, uh, you know, taken personally also by your players going into this football game against Jackson State? Well, yeah. I mean, one of the things that that you have to do is teach men that you don't sit around and marvelize other men. Even the, the Bible tells us in the Book of Kings, you know, we we got one God, and the same way God blesses him and his program, they bless you. And you got to go out and, and take your blessings and make the best of it every single day. And then we'll count up, uh, you know, the things at the end. And that's all we talked about. It, it's, you know, it's not for we, – we're not the fans. We're, we're, you know, I mean, we're part of the venue. We're part of this, what's going on today on stage, and we want to do our part. Again, Donald Hill Ely in his fourth season as the head football coach at Alabama State joins us here in the program. So it doesn't get any easier, Arkansas Pine Bluff – is hot. I mean, you had a big win. Arkansas Pine Bluff uh, has had a couple of big wins, including a, a big-time win over uh, over Grambling uh, in, in a blowout victory. Your thoughts? What, what do you see from Arkansas Pine Bluff? What are some of the challenges that the Golden Lions present? Well, well you know, I've been knowing uh, Coach Gamble for a long time, even when he was back at uh, uh, Winthrop up in uh, – up in Ohio. So I've been knowing him a long time, proud of what he's been able to do down, uh, you know, with uh, Pine Bluff and having those guys to play. And like uh, I was telling the players, you know, we've, we've gone from playing number two in, 
in the nation in box row to number two again in box row. So uh, another undefeated team, but this time we're going in hostile territory where uh, these guys are playing good football in all three phases. We got to make sure again that we're hitting on all cylinders and and uh, finding a way to score on offense and finding a way to slow them down on the defensive side. Again, Donald Hill Ely is in his fourth season as the head football coach at Alabama State. He joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Big time matchup for Alabama State on Saturday at Arkansas Pine Bluff. Coach Hill Ely, as always, I appreciate the time. Continued success to you and the Hornets. Well, I appreciate that, and I see the pandemic got you off by one year, so I'm going into my third, so ah. uh, we're not going to count that pandemic, but I know what you're saying. <laughs> yes, but, uh, sir. appreciate you having me, man, and uh, looking forward to a great contest this week. Should be a great contest. Appreciate it, Coach Hill Ely. And, yeah, exactly, as he was saying, because that interim year, I always count an interim year for coaches as a year, so 2017 was that interim year, 18, 19, and of course this year would make four seasons, but I get, uh, I get exactly what he is saying there. You want to react to anything that Donald Hill Ely has to say, the head football coach at Alabama State joining us here on the program. Hit me up via Twitter at BoxToRow, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W, or on Facebook, B-O-X, the number two, R-O-W. W. Yeah, I wanted to ask him about the Jackson State situation because a lot at, at Alabama State after the football game was over on the billboard, there was a picture of Deion Sanders on draft day, you know, kind of poking a little bit of fun at Jackson State uh, a little bit. And like uh, Donald Hill Ely has continued to say he does that he doesn't control that's game, uh, the game management part of the game. But I mean, he was a, he was a little bit uh, agitated, shall we say, on the SWAC's uh, media call on Monday. I had a chance to actually be on uh, that call as well. He's a little bit agitated. Um, but again, great football game. I mean, it doesn't take away from the football game. As a matter of fact, may even add a little spice to the rivalry in future years. And more importantly for Alabama State, it now is back in the race in the SWAC. Two and one on the season. Of course, the forfeit loss by Alcorn State gives Alabama State two wins. But two wins now on the season for Alabama State in a big game against Arkansas Pine Bluff on Saturday. Speaking of that big game, ASU, Arkansas Pine Bluff meet on the gridiron in Arkansas on Saturday, and I'm talking about it next. BoxToRow.com is the website for all of your HBCU sports needs. From the Game of the Week feature to interviews to the latest news in the world of HBCU sports, BoxToRow.com has you covered. Missed a week of From the Press Box to Press Row? BoxToRow.com has all the archive shows. Don't forget to check out the All-American teams and weekly media coaches' bowls. From the Press Box to Press Row. And BoxToRow.com, your HBCU sports leader. It's Donald Ware from the Press Box to Press Row. We're back here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Join us on the conversation via Twitter at Box to Row, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W. Or on Facebook, B-O-X, the number two R-O-W in the last segment. 
You heard from Alabama State head football coach Donald Hill Ely. Prior to that, you heard from Stillman head men's basketball coach John Teasley here on the program. The Boxer Road National Game of the Week. Arkansas Pine Bluff is going to host Alabama State. And, I mean, if I'm honest, like, I didn't know. I, I felt like with Skylar Perry, the quarterback for Arkansas Pine Bluff coming back, and Harry Harry Ballard the third. Harry Ballard the third was one of my top five players to watch coming into this spring season. I thought, at least from an offensive perspective, that Arkansas Pine Bluff certainly had a chance. Not sure, wasn't really sure what to really know about the Golden Lions from a defensive perspective because at the end of the day, if you kind of look at what happened in 2019, it wasn't necessarily great from a defensive perspective for Arkansas Pine Bluff. But the Golden Lions not only have lived up to the expectations from an offensive perspective, I think those expectations have been exceeded and the 2-0 and start, now, if you had, if I had said, because look, I look at it like this. Last year to me, and, you know, I had Doc Gamble on the podcast, the HBCU Football Daily Podcast, when we previewed Arkansas Pine Bluff either earlier this month. Actually, I think it was last month. You know, I asked him, I said, did he think that last year was more of a disappointing season? He said it wasn't disappointing Per se, but to me, because I thought when I when I looked at Arkansas Pine Bluff from the 2018 season, and a lot of people didn't say this, but I'm like, this is a team that's going to be reckoned with to challenge for that Western Division crown in 2019. And so, while the record was six and five overall, it was a losing record in the SWAC. So I, I thought I, you know, I, I'm not going to say Arkansas Pine Bluff underachieved. In 2019, I mean, you got a 6-5 and five record. But if, to me, I, I just thought that it would be better for the Golden Lions. The Golden Lions have surprised me a little bit pleasantly, surprised me a little bit in this 2020 season. Big win over Southern because, remember, Southern was coming off that victory over Alabama State. So you have those dynamics with respect to both of these football teams. Both of these football teams – have played Southern. Arkansas Pine Bluff beat Southern. Alabama State lost to Southern. That was the opening game of the season. So when I look at Arkansas Pine Bluff and what the Golden Lions have been able to achieve so far this year, I mean, I think, you know, Skylar Perry, it's no question about it. You look at the young man, he's getting it done. He's completing close to 60% of his passes. He's thrown for 569 yards in two games has six touchdowns to only one interception. Six touchdowns to only one interception. And he's doing it. I mean, the running game is decent. Like, it's decent. It's, you know, it's averaging, you know, a little close to 141 yards rushing per game. So it's not a bad rushing attack. So offensively, I think that uh, Arkansas Pine Bluff has a, a, a solid offensive line. Um, and then when I look at this team defensively, like, so the team has given up. I mean, it's no question about it that Pine Bluff is giving up some points defensively. But, I mean, even if you go back to the Southern game, it was 33-30. to 30. Like, it wasn't really – I mean, the score was closer than probably 
the game actually was, although gives Southern a lot of credit because Southern came back, made a game of it, and Arkansas Pine Bluff had to get an interception on the last possession of the football game. But I look at Isaac Peppers, who is playing well, a couple of sacks on the season, Kobe Watt. Um, he, you know, he's got 16 tackles. Uh, you look at uh, Jalen Thigpen. This is a guy who's just a tackling machine, especially solo tackles. Like, he's all over the place. So and, and not only that, but Arkansas Pine Bluff has also been opportunistic on the season. You talk about interceptions, right? I mean, Arkansas Pine Bluff on the season has four interceptions in two football games. That's pretty good. So I look at Arkansas Pine Bluff, and it's a team that is that's definitely getting the job done. When I look at Alabama State, and you know Ezra Gray, like, and mentioned that he's our Boxer Row National Player of the Week, and I look at Ezra Gray, and I looked at him last week, and he was absolutely phenomenal on last week. Three rushing touchdowns, kick returns. Right, key kick returns, including that last return for 29 yards to put Alabama State at midfield. Next play, he breaks it 50 yards. He's leaving Jackson State in the dust for the touchdown. That's the game-winning touchdown, okay, for Alabama State and Ezra Gray. And, I mean, you know, again, when Davis, the quarterback, former quarterback for Alabama State, you know, it was announced that he wasn't going to play. I'm like, oh, man. I mean, because I had, you know, I, I think Alabama State, very high expectations. And honestly, for me, more so when I knew Davis was coming back. When Davis wasn't coming back, I'm like, eh, I don't know. I'm not sure, you know, who's going to be the quarterback. But Ryan Nettles, first time starting this year, has done a pretty good job. Yeah, he's thrown three interceptions. But he's also thrown four touchdowns. He's also completing in excess of 62% of his passes. And guess what? He's got a big-time win on the season against Jackson State. So I think he's doing a pretty good job, all things considered. But you got Ezra Gray in the background, uh, uh, in the backfield, that's getting it done. I mean, you can, when you're, you know, Ryan Nettles and you can throw to a guy like a Michael Jefferson who, who's really tall, I mean, he hasn't really gotten it going like I'm sure he wants to get it going. But, I mean, they're going to get it going. As Ryan Nettles sort of settles in, that running game settles in, Nettles is going to be able to get Jefferson the football in better positions. I mean, he's got 13 catches on the season, but it's only for 123 yards. So they're going to be able to stretch the field. And Nettles, uh, excuse me, Jefferson has, you know, really that big body to be able to really get it done defensively. And this is where I think it's going to be key for Alabama State against Arkansas Pine Bluff. It's going to be on the defensive side of the football. And just like Alabama State was able to pressure Jalen Jackson, it's going to have to do the same thing against Skylar Perry. Um, Skylar Perry's a veteran quarterback. I mean, he shared time in 2019, uh, but the time he shared, he did a really, really good job. So he's a veteran quarterback. It's a good Alabama State, uh, excuse me, Arkansas Pine Bluff offensive line, but so was Jackson State. Five sacks for Alabama State. So I think the Hornets are going to have to put a lot of pressure on Skylar Perry um, and uh, be able to to force him out of the pocket and make Arkansas Pine Bluff beat you on the ground. I'm not saying that the Golden Lions can't, 
But at the same time, um, I think uh, that you you gotta you, you know you gotta try to uh, make Arkansas Pine Bluff kind of alter uh, its its attack, uh, and and conversely defensively, right? If you're Arkansas Pine Bluff, you gotta make Nettles uncomfortable, right? Because you know this is he he's a kid uh, that is only making his third start, so you've gotta be able to put some pressure on him as well, just like they, uh, you know, just like um, Alabama State did against Jalen Jackson. Got to put some pressure um, on Skylar Perry and make him uncomfortable. You would think that this would be a high-scoring football game considering Alabama State has scored 35 points in a win, 21 points in a three-point loss. Alabama, uh, Prairie View A&M in two wins, 33 points, 48 on Grambling last week. Grambling's defense is is not it's not it's it, it it's got some work to do. Alabama State's defense decent. It was decent when it needed to be. Again, five sacks against Jackson State and forced an interception as Jackson State was driving to try to tie the football game. I think this is going to be a close football game. Um, I think it's going to be within three points. I think it's going to be a football game that's going to be more along the lines of like a 17 to 14 type of football game, a 20 to 17 type of football game. And I think that the winner of this football game will be Alabama State. Your thoughts, hit me up via Twitter at Box to Row, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W, or on Facebook, B-O-X, the number two, R-O-W. Lastly here on the program is something that I led the program off with And I talked about the fact that Dorian Hurd, a student athlete, it's a student athlete at UDC, was shot and killed by a gunman in Oxon Hill, Maryland, Temple Hills, Maryland. Uh, And uh, the I mean, this is a young man that um, would have had an opportunity this past season had basketball been played to have played for UDC. He's a graduate of Springbrook High School. Uh, he was on the team that went to the uh, states, finished in the uh, as a semifinalist in the states, going back to the 2018 team. Uh, his mother, a dear friend of mine, and I had a, I had to t- I talked with her uh, last week, and it was a very difficult conversation. Uh, she, you know, indicated she wasn't doing well, obviously because. The assailant, it's not like he, it was a random act of violence. Not like he took anything or anything like that. It wasn't like Dorian was into anything. Great kid. As a matter of fact, he was on a Zoom class when this happened. And what she said to me is, I just want justice for my child. Because this guy that shot him uh, has a rap sheet. Shouldn't have even been out. Guy that shouldn't even be walking the streets, okay? So she says somebody's got to be responsible for that. Is that the state of whether it's the state of Maryland uh, for allowing a guy that should be should not be out on the streets to be out on the streets for something like this to happen randomly, senseless act of violence? And I'm with her on that. We got to make sure that people that are supposed to be behind bars are behind bars so these type of things won't happen 
very difficult time, and I, of course, will continue to pray for her. Got to get ready to get out of here. I'm from the Press Box to Press Row. Thank you to Donald Hill Ely, also to John Teasley for joining us today on the program. For more information on From the Press Box to Press Row, the All-America team is on our website right now at BoxToRow.com. And always remember to support those that support you. From the Press Box to Press Row is presented by DW Communications. See you when I get there, baby. See you when I get there.